Hey guys, my name is Jose Naharo, and on today's episode, we are going to continue to look at Micron Technology, ticker MU. So let's get started. All right, guys, if this is part two of, of this MU series, part one, we took a look at their earnings information, the information they posted on their 10Q report, the information that they let us see in the slides and the earnings transcripts. So today I'm gonna use this awesome website known as lazyfa.com, which allows me to see all the financial documents in an easy manner. So today we're gonna dig deep and take a look at the actual financial numbers and see how things are comparing um, to the previous quarters. So here the income statement will start with revenue. And here we can see revenue is definitely in a downtrend right now sitting at $4.8 billion compared to same time last year, which was at $7.8 billion. So we saw this revenue, the main effect of this revenue was that they are seeing lower gross margins on their sales and they're also seeing a decrease in the amount of sales going on. Unfortunately, that even though revenue is so much lower, cost of revenue still remains the same. So to me, this means that they're pretty much selling almost a similar amount of items um, numerical wise but since they're still having that same expense but since the gross margins has decreased that much um, we're seeing the decrease in revenue but we're not seeing the decrease in cost of revenue fortunately cost of revenue is still lower than revenue so this company is still producing some form of positive gross profit right now we're sitting here at 1.83 billion dollars this company definitely has money so we can see and we're going to take a look at the assets in a bit this company definitely has a good amount of money here we can see earnings before income tax is pretty much the same slope as gross profit and that's what i'd like to see unless something changes there i don't like to look any any more deeper in into how the company is paying taxes and we can see there's no real changes here and net income looks pretty similar to our earnings before income taxes graphically so again that doesn't throw any red flags and like i mentioned this company is still in the green with a positive net income of 840 million dollars really close to that billion dollars but remember just a year ago this company was swimming at 3.82 billion dollars worth so about three billion dollars more um this company was definitely making a lot of cash at the time but they did good I, we're going to take a look at their asset allocation they definitely handled the money properly most companies would try to blow all this money this company i guess we can see right this company is in a cycle based type environment so this company probably knew that it was in a cycle based environment so they definitely uh, made sure to preserve themselves so here earnings per basic share we're sitting at about 76 cents this quarter and we'll take a look at the pe ratio and revenues for the upcoming future in a bit next we'll take a look at the balance sheet and the balance sheet for me is definitely the favorite sheet to look at i get to see so much of what's going on in the company and this so here we can see total assets have been increasing dramatically quarter after quarter right now sitting at 46 billion dollars of total assets where total total liabilities have been decreasing as a nice downtrend and right now sitting at a 10 billion dollar liabilities so almost it's a 4.6 to 1 ratio and that's definitely a good thing this company has about 4.6 times more assets than liabilities and that's definitely a huge number but we'll take a look in a bit to see where this total assets are divided among 
and total debt we can see that the huge recent total liabilities is decreasing is because this company is paying off its total debt we can see this total debt being dropped down and right now sitting at 4.9 billion dollars and if you took a look at the last episode we saw that this company does not have any crazy debt to pay anytime soon i think the next the next loan is in 2022 followed by 2024 and they do have some current debts but it's nothing the company can't handle receivables these are sitting low at about 3.26 billion it, it, receivables as we're going to see is a huge portion of their revenue so receivables is when a company when a company sells products to a customer and the customer is paying in some form of credit so that means that the company is receiving money every so often so right now they're receiving about 3.26 billion in credit payables is what the company is paying other comp uh, is paying its suppliers for what to make um they might have to pay their their suppliers for parts and equipments and so on and so forth and unfortunately we're seeing payables increase or even remain about the same we're not seeing them increase but they are remaining flat which again we're seeing it with our cost of revenue while we're having receivables decrease payables are pretty much flat and normally i like to see a one-to-one -one ratio here because i would like to just see the receivables the, the money coming in real quick from these receivables should pay out the payables which is the money going out um, but here it does not seem to be the case we have about 3.26 billions of receivables while having about 3.49 billion dollars of payables so it's almost a one-to-one -one ratio now that i look at it so it's not not too too bad cash and cash equivalents this is definitely one of my favorite things to see a company have and they are sitting at about 5.16 billion dollars of cash and cash equivalents so this company can actually can this is what i like to see right this company can actually pay off its total debt with its cash and cash equivalents does this mean that this company no but if i'm just taking a quick glance i know that this company is not gonna die off anytime soon this company if it needs it can pay off all this all this debt with this with this cash and cash equivalents and cash equivalents are just um any types of assets that can be liquidized pretty quickly so even if they don't get the full 5.16 billions they can get about probably maybe close to four even over 4.0 billion dollars and definitely still pay off that total debt all right so next here in lazy fa we're going to just take a look here at their what they call red flags which just helps me see the information i just saw on the balance sheet and um in, the, in another matter right so here we can see total assets versus total liabilities and we can see that that's the shareholder equity what the sh what what us shareholders hold um are the assets minus the liabilities so that's um whatever's left after that is technically what the shareholder equity is and we can see here we're sitting at about 35.2 billion dollars and quarter after quarter this shareholder equity has increased and we can see this happening through shareholder buyback which is reducing which is reduces the amount of of outstanding shares increasing earnings per shares and increasing other other metrics for us so here this is my favorite thing about lazy fa um, we get to see the asset distribution and this nice pie chart to really see what's going on so first we can see here one thing i I'm not too happy about is that 60% of this company's total assets is based on property, plants, and equipments. I mean, that that's definitely a good thing. Real estate is always a great thing to, to have as an asset, in my opinion. But for it to be 60% of the company's total assets is not great, great, to me, great news. 
But here we can see that current investments, it's 1.5 million. Current investments is 1.5 million. Non-current investments is 1.17 billion. So that's what, 2.6 billion plus cash and cash equivalents at about 5.16. So that's close to about, about $8 billion in some form of cash or liquidizable cash. Uh, I'm considering the non-current uh, investments as non-cash. And that's enough to pay off its payoff is deferred revenue, it's non-current debt, and it's current debt. So like I mentioned, this company is definitely in a good place where it comes to money-wise. So as a company going out of business, this is definitely not that company that, um, that's, this is not the company. This company is not going to go out of business anytime soon. This company has so much money, it seems, that it can definitely, it can definitely protect itself. And that's what I like to see. I want the company to be doing good when the economy is booming, which is what it was doing during that whole during that whole semiconductor and um, crypto phase and everything. This company was selling its memory. It was selling. It was being smart, and it was being even smarter by saving its money and using it for what really matters. It under this leadership understood what's going on, and that to me is great. It's, it's a great thing to see in a company. Here, let's take a look at liability distribution. And one thing I like to see is, look, this non-current debt has dropped off dramatically. It peaked at about $11.34 billion of almost um, five quarters ago. And look, now, uh, actually more, uh, about in 2017, so about two years ago, it was at its peak. And now it is pretty low. Right now, payables are a higher, are a higher liability than, than the company's non-current debt. So that's definitely great news. We can see this company, like I keep mentioning, this company has nothing to worry about. And as a shareholder, I wouldn't be worried about this company um, having any money issues. Finally, we're going to take a look at the cash flow statement. Here in the cash flow statement, I only tend to look at one cash flow. And that's the net cash flow from operations. That's to my left. I don't care about any other net cash flow. I just want to know how this company is doing with its everyday use. And its everyday use is its operation from net cash flow. And we can see it is still pretty positive, sitting at a positive 2.71 billion cash flow from operations. And to me, that's even though revenue has dropped off so much over a year ago, it, does not, it has not lost that huge amount of net cash flow is coming next we're going to take a look at some metrics and if you guys want to look at the metrics i do i have made some videos i did make two videos uh, i think previous to this mu to this mu series where I, I i mentioned the the metrics i use and how i use them and why i use them so first let's start off with a price to earnings ratio so this price to earnings ratio is 3.761 for this quarter and that's extremely low but we're going to take a look in a bit so let's hold off for this price to earnings ratio in a bit we'll take a look at that later um just so we can explain why it's so low is debt to equity ratio this again i love to see this i mean who doesn't like to see that go down so right here debt to equity ratio that means debt is divided by equity so it's for this ratio to keep going down that can only mean two things one debt is going down two equity is going up and either of those scenarios are a great thing for 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 us. Um, I keep saying us as a shareholder, even though I'm not a real, I'm not a shareholder. Um, but it's just for, for the shareholders. This is definitely a great thing, right? It's I, I just in every day. It, let's say in my life, right? I would definitely, if I was the company, I would love to see my debt to equity ratio always decreasing because that means my debt is going down or my equity is going up. 
Next, we're going to take a look at current ratio. So current ratio, like I've, like I've mentioned, is current assets divided by current liabilities. So obviously here, for we want a value greater than one, because if there's a value greater than one, then that means our current assets are higher than our current, our current liabilities. And for those that don't know, current liabilities are liabilities that need to be paid off in the next 12 months. And current assets are assets that can be liquidized in the um, pretty quickly. I don't know if it's in the next 12 months. And here we can see right now we have a current ratio of about 2.7%, almost of 2.7, almost 3.0 ratio. So that means we have almost triple the amount of current assets compared to liabilities. And again, that's definitely a great thing. Even if we're not able to sell all that current asset for the same amount of, for that value that it's worth, this company still has enough assets to pay off its, its current liabilities. It's gross margins and profit margins. And here we can see why this revenue has decreased a lot, even though cost of revenue hasn't. Uh, right now, gross margin is sitting at about 38.2%, where same time last year was sitting at 60.6%. So that's close to about um, almost double, not really double, about 1.7, maybe about 1.75%. But no reason we can see that revenue decreasing and that cost of revenue has not decreased um, as much. And we can see that this company is either is selling its product for a lower price or it's the amount of margin is collecting is a lot lower. Its profit margin right now sitting at 17.5%. We're same time last year was 49%. You, that's a huge number, a huge number, but we can definitely see that this profit margin has decreased because this company probably has an equal amount of current debt to pay off in these past quarters. So if we're collecting less margins from our gross margins, this company is going to provide a lower profit margins. All right, so a few more things we're going to take a look at. First is account receivables versus revenue. So here, um, this is not, not a great thing for me to see, right? Accounts receivable each quarter represents about 60, over 68% of the company's revenue. Uh, so I obviously, as a business owner, you would like all the money from your sales to come in at once, either right being cash at hands. It doesn't seem like this is happening for here. This means that this company is, pay, is getting paid in forms of credit, and as time progresses, it gets its money. Um, so 60%, in my opinion, is a huge number. I definitely would not like to see a number. Next, we'll take a look at payables re versus revenue. And here we can see, again, payables is a huge percentage of its total revenue. About 80, about 72, 73% of this company's total revenue has to be paid, has to go back to the payable, um, payables for either the company paying its suppliers for, for supplying products, um, so that's, that's again, a huge number I don't like to see. So those are two things to definitely keep in mind that um, there have been quarters where this has been up to 124%. That's a huge, huge value-wise, but um, it has happened. But we can see that, right, I definitely don't want this company to continue to have this trend. One thing I want to see in, in the upcoming quarters, that this is something I definitely would like to see, it's both accounts payables decrease, uh, cost of revenue decrease and a decrease in, in the percentage of receivables compared to revenue. So the final thing we're going to take a look at, I did mention, right, that we were going to take a look at the uh, price to earnings ratio. So if we take a look at the quarter right now, we're seeing that this company has a 
PE ratio, and that's pretty low for a stock comp for for a tech company. And like I mentioned in the last episode, um, we can see that this low earnings per share revenue is because of um, this PE ratio is pretty low. Just because, look, in the next quarter, the, by the end of this year, this company is expected to have a PE ratio about six point four percent. So estimated this um, this annual thing. And for future growth, the future growth this company is based to make off for August twenty of of next year. This company is made is estimated to make about three point oh seven dollars. Um, that's what's estimated for per shares, and that would give us a forward PE ratio of twelve point eighty nine percent. So, like I mentioned in the price episode, and after looking at all this, this company is definitely doing good money wise. This company can definitely withstand a bad economy if it happens. Um, it's definitely being smart with its money, and I do praise leadership for that. So for me, I definitely feel comfortable, real comfortable, paying about 15 PE forward ratio for this, and that's just that's just based on on what I have. So a 15 PE ratio would be 15 times the 3.07 estimated next 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 year in August 2020, and that's 46 dollars. So at the moment, I I definitely feel comfortable paying less than 46 dollars. For this company and right now I think it's sitting at a $40 so at the moment I'm gonna start I'm gonna start to get a position and then you and start increasing as the prices fluctuate up and down and any anything below 46 to me I would I would pay and I will wait for the next estimate um, so here we that's that's definitely the main reason for this PE ratio to be so low because looking at forward thing it's about a 12.8 but even for me, as a tech company, 12.8%, like I mentioned, is such a low PE ratio, especially with all with the future going on, AI, automotive, auto, automated vehicles. Um, what else do we have? Any form of crypto, blockchains, all these forms of IoT, Internet of Things, all these things need memory, storage, and this is where this company is strong at. So like I mentioned, I personally find it, no problem paying a 15 PE forward ratio for estimates of 2020. Also, the last next, we're going to take a look at revenue estimates. So for revenue estimates, this company for this year is expected to make about $23 billion in revenue. And let's take a look at these past quarters to see how much revenue this company needs to make uh, 23.05 in this final quarter for it to match that. So right now, minus 7.91, minus... 5.83 and minus the 4.8 that just happened this quarter this company needs to make a revenue of 4.51 so that that's that's definitely not a bad number um it is still going to be lower than this past quarter but it's it seems in, in my in my opinion it does seem like it's flattening out on that revenue uh things have flattened out and hopefully we might see this the beginning of that uptrend cycle all over again and let's take a look. They also gave us estimates for next year revenue. So next year's revenue is expected to be at $3 billion cheaper, um, lower, so 3.03. And let's just divide that by four. That means on average, this company is going to provide revenues of about $5 billion per quarter. And if we take a look at revenues, that would be higher than quarter four, and that would be higher of, of quarter three. And it'll be pretty in line with quarter two. So like I mentioned, it does seem like things are, are starting to flatline this company three billion dollars compared to how much money it had um revenue last court last year we can see that things do look like they're beginning to flatten out a little bit 
So that's it. That's it for MU. And like I said, for me, based on what we took a look at, we saw that amazing balance sheet. And to me, that balance sheet is definitely looking pretty good. And we saw yesterday's episode and that forward PE ratio that I wouldn't mind paying a 15 PE forward ratio. To me, MU is definitely a buy. And I will definitely pick up some shares in MU. So take care. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you guys give me a thumbs up. Post on the comments. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Give me some feedback and let me know what stocks you guys want me to take a look at. I was thinking maybe Intel. I don't think I don't know if I've done Intel for these this recent quarter or Nvidia. Some more some more tech companies because that's um, as an electrical engineer, I definitely love taking a look at these companies. Take care, guys. Have a good night and see you next time.